Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Skadai Talks. My name is Wafana, and today I have with me Pim and Genesis. And today we are presenting part one of the Black Peep conversation, where we'll be diving into three different perspectives and experiences we have with the celebration of Santa Claus from three different countries and how we learn about the racism of Black Peep. Um, before we start with introducing our guest, I wanted to say something very quickly about Skadai. You may or may not have heard of us, but if you haven't, Skadai in full stands for Student Center for Diversity, Advocacy and Inclusion. It is an organization that was started by students for students. It focuses on establishing an inclusive environment for students and staff in higher education. And we want to or are providing a welcoming space for all individuals of all backgrounds and walks of life. And we strongly advocate for systemic change and participation on a institutional level. And now I want to introduce our special guest. And um, maybe you can say, like, you know, where you're coming from, an interesting fact about yourself. You know, just go ahead, starting with them. Tell us something about you. Well, hello, guys. It's an honor to be here today. Um, my name is Pim Buchukis. Um, I am from the Netherlands. Um, I have roots in Greece, but um, I'm born and raised in the Netherlands, yes. An interesting fact about myself, um, well, I'm a queer person. That might be an interesting fact. I, um, yeah, mostly that's it like i don't consider it much about myself interesting you know i'm just um, a regular human being he's just being modest <laughs> <laughs> okay just... yeah maybe okay i also make music yeah that that's a nice fact to tell about myself exactly <laughs> <laughs> throw modesty out of the window <laughs> okay thank you pim and genesis would you like to say something about yourself Yes, um, thank you for having me. I am Genesis and I am from Bonaire. Um, and an interesting fact about me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am the daughter of Dominican immigrants. Um, so and I, and I really think that that's gonna that's gonna come up later on in the podcast how that influenced my experience with black Pete. Mm -hmm. so that's an interesting fact about me for sure for sure uh, yes and i am uh, well i already introduced myself but i'm from aruba and i guess an interesting fact about me is that i'm also haitian so i have haitian background so i mostly i but grew up in aruba so i identify as caribbean in that sense and that kind of also shaped my perspective around this topic Mm -hmm. all right so diving into this conversation so i wanted to ask like you know for the both of you guys like how did you celebrate santa claus um on in the netherlands and also in Bonaire? and um we you know what did you learn about it maybe one of you can also say like you know for those who are listening and don't know what the celebration is about so yeah let's get to that mm -hmm. starting with me yeah, yeah. sure yeah Okay, so um, obviously it's um, it's a big tradition here in the, in the Netherlands, and um, well, from my childhood, um, I mostly remember actually good experiences. Um, this is like when I didn't when I wasn't aware of the racist implications of um, 
Black Pete, but I mostly have good um, experiences of it, you know, where we came together as families um, on um, on the Sinterklaas Day. And, you know, we had presents. It's basically the Christmas, but just, um, yeah, just in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting, actually, because uh, I know for me, it was, uh, we also had like the same celebration, like, you know, with presents, uh, maybe, I don't know, I found oh, something that I found weird was that we had to put like hay in our shoes and all of right. these things. Was it the same for you as well, Genesis? Well, I, I actually never celebrated the class because, okay, as I mentioned, you know, we were in Dominican household. So while it was around me and we had, we knew about it at school, it wasn't something that was a part of my culture. Um, mm. It was just, I, I remember I came from New York when I was like five or six. And so the only two cultures that I'd actually interacted with at that time were the American culture, of course, mm. and my Dominican culture. So moving to Bonaire, I, you know, I saw that they celebrated this, but my parents were always, you know, they just told me this, he's not real, you know, Santa's real, but this guy yeah. is not, you know, <laughs> and we weren't allowed to snitch to the Dutch kids, of course. Um, but that's it. That's, that's really my, my experience with it. I never celebrated it, just kind of knew about it and it was at school, but it was never something that I brought back home with me. Okay. Yeah. But in school, like, um, what did you guys used to do? Like, um, would it, would they have like, you know, presents there? Because I know that was like something for us, like in Aruba, um, all the time we would have like, um, every single year you would have Santa class coming and then, uh, kids would be very scared of Zwartipi because, you know, he was going to take them to Spain or something like that. Yeah. Yes, that story was so traumatizing. I just come, I had just come from, like, New York and I knew about these little elves and then they're talking to me about these black geats that beat you up and take you to Spain if you're yeah. bad. And I was like, yeah. what is this? Why are they teaching kids this? So I think that also played a role when for why my parents were like, no, this, this isn't real girl. Don't worry. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, we did have presents at school. So like they would contact the parents that they would buy something small so that the teachers could pretend like since class brought it, but we always knew what it was. Usually we even went with our parents to choose what it was. And then yeah. their class would come in, they would hand out candy and yeah, the black people walk around jumping and, and, and doing crazy things. And we recognized most of them because they were just like most of like the older brothers of mm -hmm. my classmates. So it wasn't really, you know, once once you really saw them, it wasn't really as scary as the story because these are just, you know, our cousins and our brothers and things like that. So, yeah, in, in that regard, it wasn't that scary. But the, the, the background story did traumatize me at first. Yeah, because I remember like for us, like... uh um because growing up it was I I had like mixed feelings about it because we we had like you know presents but then afterwards it was just like you know the implication of like yeah, yeah if you're bad they're gonna take you away but then you would get like paper notes and everything would be better mm. so <laughs> I, <laughs> I wasn't sure what to make out of it like for like Pam, like what was your like you know idea of this yeah. like how w were you scared of the black beats or was, was it like that as well for you well i remember like some part of my life being scared of him mostly like in my younger ages yeah i do remember that of course yeah you know they they would tell me that um you know if you behave badly you will be written down like your name will be written down in the book of center class and then um you will be taken in um 
you know, one of these sacks that, that the, like the, the black beads have, you will be taken in one of these sacks. And, um, you know, you will be put on a boat to Spain. That's what I am. Um, yeah. So that's kind sorry. of frightened me as well. But... So traumatizing. <laughs> yes. It was so yeah. weird. And it was so weird because I've never understood that. Like, uh, we all, I, okay, in that matter, I think we all had like that same story about like being dragged to Spain if we were back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was like a bit more of the background information like from three different perspectives and i was wondering as well like um were you guys taught about like you know the historical implication of center class like how it started and all of these things not really i think for me my world was very small at the time you know i just came to this tiny island where the culture was so different than those two cultures that I had grown up with. Um, and I just, I guess I assumed and, and being also daughter of immigrants who, who for them, for them, this was also very new. Um, I never really got that background information that it came from the Netherlands. I thought it was a local mm -hmm. tradition and it never mm -hmm. kind of, I never kind of connected the dots with, you know, uh, Beats and Sinterklaas, those are all Dutch words. So it might not come from the islands. So I guess I never questioned it. I just assumed it was, it was a tradition from the islands. Um, Santa Claus and the Black Pete always spoke Papiamento to me. Um, mm -hmm. I did not understand the relationship with Spain. Like, why is he coming in his boat from Spain? Like, why not the North Pole? You know, <laughs> these questions. <laughs> but I never knew any of the history. And I also never questioned it. I, I honestly really thought it was a local tradition. Yeah, I could also relate to that. Um, what about for you, Pam? Like, were you guys taught, like, you know, from an early childhood or me, or even by your parents, like, you know, what the tradition stemmed out from? No, not from my parents at all. But I do remember, like, in the um, the last two years of um, elementary school, we were taught some of the history behind these celebrations. Because, mm -hmm. you know, mostly in the last two years of elementary school, you wouldn't even believe in him anymore. So that's why they were teaching it um, then, I feel like. Um, I do not remember much of what, of what was being taught back then. Yeah. But I do, I do know that um, it was mostly about, you know, Sinterklaas and not much about um, um, Black Pete. Okay, yeah. For us, it was the same thing. Like, we didn't really have, like, much um, conversation. And as you said, like... Um, it was just odd because it was just something that we did, but um, never really understood why. Yeah. For me, it was just like a little bit weird because, um, for example, we would have this tradition, but then because Aruba is like very multicultural and stuff like this, and that a lot of times, like, you know, um, the children who would be like darker skinned, they would, um, uh, the other children would kind of tease them or call them black peeps. Yeah. And, uh, so it was, it was like, a we, and I didn't really understand why that was happening at some point, like even to up until the point till high school. And, um, I, I can't really pinpoint the exact point of, for me when it was like, okay, this is, this kind of is a little bit racist. I don't know when yeah. it was, but w when was that for you guys? Well, um, well, um, what you're saying about kids being called, you know, Black Pete, I also had mm -hmm. that, you know, the dark skinned uh, students were always uh, mocked like that. But I didn't necessarily associate that with the tradition. I just thought it was people just, you know, because they, they would they would they would call them different names of different things that were very dark. So I thought it yeah. was just them. I wasn't I, shamefully. It wasn't until high school where I actually learned about 
slavery in depth because you kind of know you know slavery happened that's how we got mm-hmm. here but you never really learn in depth and you never when I first like opened those history books and saw the pictures of what these slaves looked like and what people dressed during that time that was when I started connecting those dots you know yeah. of, of what was going on there and I was around 16 17 when I actually connected the dots and realized that it wasn't fictional it's actually derived yeah. from very, very real situations. Very, yeah, I, very I, I think I could say um, somewhat the same for me, but um, like it's still a lot different because, you know, I went to a school and, you know, I, I don't even remember somebody being in a school that, that was black or from like another culture than Dutch culture. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't have any interactions with um, people outside my culture until I was like maybe 15 16 or something like that so um for me it was you know at the time also very hard to actually see um the you know how problematic it actually is because i didn't have these um these in, um, for example what you said genesis uh, people being called black feet if they were um dark-skinned like I, I cannot relate to these um um these experiences because i didn't i didn't have anybody close to me that was um actually black because nobody like literally where i live everybody is white yeah and that uh, that also makes it difficult because like um i feel like one thing to point out is that um so pim came off like from a very white environment and i grew up growing up in aruba i had like a bit more of both perspectives because Mm -hmm. it's very multicultural and we have people like that are more fair-skinned and then to darker skin so i went to a school where you literally had like so it was like a rainbow of skin tones so yeah. but still like it was very hard to indicate this and it wasn't for me until like high school when I was being taught about like you know slavery right. that I kind of got an idea of that okay this this is a bit problematic but even then for me at least it wasn't like I didn't make the connection um, it wasn't until like I've moved to the Netherlands that's when mm. I was like okay yeah this is hella racist. yeah exactly yeah. yeah that was like that for me as well can't yeah really, yeah because you kind of know the history but at the same time at the end of the day there's still black people wearing darker colored paint it's still black yeah. people you know even even cinder class was a black person you know and sometimes he would like mm-hmm. even do the white face you know so that's it at the end of the day you know it was still hmm, question mark question mark but it didn't feel as big of a of a mockery and degrading and oppressive as it did when all of a sudden it was no longer black people behind the mask or mm-hmm. you know like yeah, even they wouldn't exactly. even wear the wig because their hair was already like that you know what i mean like we already we, we even had our the black pea come to our school and they wouldn't wear the the black peat wig because that was already their hair they already had big curls yeah. and things like that so it didn't feel as much of, of a mask or or this this big mockery of it all for some reason back on the islands yeah because i feel like um in that aspect because you have like uh you're surrounded by these people and they're like okay you have like a dark-skinned guy he's also painting his skin like you know as the color as black feet and then wearing the big hooped earrings you're like i don't know maybe you get like an unsettling feeling but it doesn't feel as racist than it should be but 
once you come to an environment where, especially for me in Groningen, I remember like, this is like as clear as day, like my first year there in December where I actually stayed there and seeing a bunch of white people wearing afros and having painting their lips red and wearing earrings and being black. I was just like, Oh no, this is not it. it this is not cool at yeah. all. And Yeah. But it's interesting to like you know have a uh, seeing this from like these different points of view because I feel like at some point we still kind of had like the same um, idea or like feeling okay this is bad and yeah. we weren't this is not being taught to us like you know at a younger age which is unfortunate. Yeah. True. Yes. Um, yeah, I wanted to also ask about like you know uh, what do you guys think? Uh, well, maybe we'll start with him. Why is it so difficult, like, for people to see this as problematic, like that feat in the Netherlands? Mm. This is a question that I, you know, ask myself on a daily basis because I literally, mm-hmm. like, it's, I, like, I, I don't, I don't even understand how these people think. Like, when I became aware of it, to be honest, um. You know, I list like I, I made myself become aware of these issues, and I was just listening to the news and you know other sources why you know why it um, actually you know is problematic, and I was willing to listen to it. Like I do not understand why there's people not willing to listen to it. Like what are their standpoints? I, I mean, I do believe like what they are just saying is it is tradition and you know all all sorts of that's those um those reasonings, but then um. Yeah, I, I actually do not know why they would not see this as problematic. Yeah, it's, yeah. Also, it's also super but, confrontational when you, like, just move here. Because, as you said, you know, like, we moved here four years ago. And that's when mm-hmm. it kind of, like, you're, 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 you get really confronted with it. And you're just dealing with, for the first time, being a racial minority. At least for me, because, mm-hmm. you know, the majority on Bonaire are Black people. Um, and then, you know, you're suddenly this, this racial minority. And it doesn't mean that you haven't experienced racism because the audacity of white supremacy is legit coming to a country where the majority are black and still be racist. So I had, I had experienced it, um, but not to, not in that, not in that same way. And then, you know, November comes around and then you're just, people start asking you like, so do you think black beat is racist? And I'm just like, and at first yeah. I was like, I don't have an opinion. I'm Dominican. This is not my concern. I'm I'm trying to put my attention elsewhere. And then I realized, you know, that these people would interpret whatever it is I was saying as, a, as if I was speaking on behalf of all Black people, meaning that mm-hmm. all of the Black mm-hmm. people did not care about Black Pete. And that's when I was like, shit, you know, because when you go, when we were at school, you know, at, at that time, being at the Hunza in our year, there were like two Black people in our year and within our study program and two of those are in this in this podcast right now so it was they were just kind of like hunt us down and be like oh oh you 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 you're a black person what do you think about it and it was very intimidating and and annoying that I felt like I needed to speak on behalf of all black people but it and and unfortunately it, it also forced me that to to find to kind of have an opinion on it I needed to force myself to do the research to really sit with my own thoughts and be like, okay, this makes you feel uncomfortable, but why, what is it? What is it about it Mm -hmm. that makes you feel uncomfortable? Why did that change when you moved here? And that's when I really started to like analyze it and I needed to formulate an opinion on it, but it doesn't make it less exhausting every time November comes around and you're just like here, 
you are a black person speak on behalf of all the black people you know and even when you do they still ignore you and it's like you want me to speak on behalf of all the black people and i tell you it's racist and you're still like nah i don't buy it it's tradition you're exaggerating so you can't really win but it's all (laughs) basically and it's also like um it's it's like a thing where you try to give your own opinion, but then they're telling you like, well, I have this friend and he's black and he's been living in the, he grew up in the Netherlands and he doesn't think it's racist. So what's your problem? And for me, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you really deal with these comments where you're trying to say like, well, you're trying to make me advocate on behalf, like all of black people. But when I tell you something and then you're like, well, people here don't seem to mind it. Like what's your deal? Yeah. Yeah. That, that argument is very annoying. And also that, you know, but you have it on the islands as well. That one, that one hit me. Yeah. Cause it's like, mm, at first I'm like, I personally also think it's controversial that we have it on the island, but at the same time, it's like, it's our business. We'll do it. it kind of feels like, you know, like there's this, there's this comedian, Pete Davidson that used to date Ariana Grande. And he's always making jokes about how his dad died in, during 9-11 that's his way of coping. Who am I to tell him that he shouldn't, that that's not the way that he should go about his experience with his dad passing, but who the hell am I Mm -hmm. to then mock him, mock that experience as well. It's not the same thing. And in that same way, I want people to understand that just with that, just with the N word, it's, we decide how we cope with that. We decide how we experience our history. So it's not hypocritical of us to say, you can't do it and we can't because it's our history. And also people tend to forget that there's like a multi-layer thing. Like there's a reason why this celebration is um, celebrated on the islands. It's because of slavery. It's because of colonialism. So it's way deeper than people, um, you know, intend to like, they don't have an attention to understand these things. Like we do a lot of things, not because like we came up with it. We're not doing this by choice, but Mm. because we were forced to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people just been indoctrinated into doing I, these things that they never chose to do. It's just it was brought here. Yeah. And it kind of brings up like, you know, the question, like, you know, what is the barrier between like, you know, tradition and like what is the argumentation that people strongly believe in tradition? Because like a lot of the times when we're talking about these things, when it comes to black feet, we're like if the the person came down at the chimney, why is he all black? And then why did he come up like, you know, with Afro? Because it's also, it's very veiled under the term, like, you know, this is the tradition and we can't do it because like, you know, this is for the kids. The kids don't care. Let's you know, bring them paper care. notches and presents and be good. <laughs> yes. True. And this is, like, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. This is something that I, that I, when I was, you know, forming my standpoints on this, I remember... You know, at first I was kind of indifferent to it because um, what I was thinking is, you know, if this is, um, you know, bothering people, then just, you know, don't do it, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, the kids don't care. But then I got like more strongly opinion and saw it as racist. But, you know, around the time that I thought, um, you know, kids don't care. Um, that's also when I, you know, when I saw how how deep this issue is and how actually it is the... Um, yeah, like the older generations that um, are close, closed-minded, that is the problem here. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, I don't even think it's about tradition, you know? That's what they say, but it's not. I would at first try to... It's not. You know, like, first you get the denial, like, this is not a representation of a Black person. And then, you know, I would I would invest so much effort in explaining why it is, you know, from the hair, from the lips, from the fucking color, from the way that they're dressing, everything, you know, that that just represents that. 
And I would see, regardless of my explanation, it would still be the same opinion. You know, even when you come with this explanation of, uh, or the argument of kids don't care, you know, the black pea can be blue, orange, yellow, they won't care. Mm -hmm. Still, this rejection. So that led me to believe that it's not about tradition. It's not preserving your culture. It's about white supremacy. It's about having black people coming here and telling you that you need to stop this. That just, Mm -hmm. it just, it hurts them where it, you know, it hurts them somewhere that, that white, it hurts their white supremacy. That idea of why should these people that we deem inferior logically through the, through the systems and through the institutions come tell us that we need to stop doing something. I believe that's where it stems from. It's no law. It's not even about preserving a tradition or a culture, which is why it's so useless for me. I have just refrained from having to explain to people, you know, why is this a representation of a black person? Why is this racist? Why Mm -hmm. do kids not care what color a black feet is? Because that's not where it's rooted in. Yeah, because if you if you change it up, like if you um if you don't paint the the peat black, it really does not interfere with the tradition of the whole Santa Claus thing. Kids can still get their paper noches, and you don't have to wear a wig, like you know, an Afro textured wig, or um like you know, paint your lips to be so big because like it, you're making a caricature like out of like you know the the um the oppression and the trauma that black people had to go through during the times like slavery and still. And still during this time as mm-hmm. well, like it's not veiled under tradition; it's just veiled under racism, and that's yeah, period. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't get that, but um, I don't know, like, in what way we can kind of like um, change that aspect. Because, okay, for for example, um, do you guys have these conversation, like, you know, with uh, well, for, let's start with them, like, with your family members or other Dutch people that think, like, oh, this is not racist. Yes, I do have these conversations also with my family and um, those conversations are not always nice to have um, mostly because um, for example, my parents, they are kind of close-minded. I don't want to say very close-minded, but um, you know, they um, were born and raised in um, the east of Groningen. So like their viewpoint of the world is also very um, small and sometimes yeah. they they also don't kind of, kind of comprehend with um with a lot of what is going on here um so it's it's i do have these conversations with my direct family then and with my friends indeed as well they i would say they are all familiar with the, the how, how problematic it is and stuff some more than others and then the people that are um more seeing it as racist and know more about it and um, are also against it. They are the people that are also, um, you know, they, they, they have more diverse friends, for example. It's more usually those people that um, that I can have a good conversation about um, this with. Okay. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I understand as well. Like, um, it must be very difficult to have these conversations because, like, especially like you know i feel like the the most difficult conversations are the ones that you have with your own family members um for sure and um you can't really i you can't really like explain like where their thought process is coming from or like what do you what do i see that you don't see like that's like i feel like one of the problems for me when i have these conversations with people i'm like 
but it is like is there like just like a lack of education or a lack of awareness when it comes to these topics like what what can be done like and those things are are the things that come to my mind when i think about these things i really think it's willful ignorance and also um what is the word i'm looking for it's also just, you know, feeling superior, you know, white supremacy mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. which said. It's just um, mm-hmm. not willing to listen or not willing to educate yourself because you think you know it all. You know, they think they, they all know it better. Um, that's, that's, that's a problem. For sure. For sure. And as well, like, as I said, like in the Caribbean, um, we also celebrate this. Like, um, I, Genesis, maybe you want to chime in on this. Like, what is the, why do people fail to see this as like you know as racist that it's not problematic well i think first like thing that plays a role in it is that as i mentioned in the beginning there's like it's not a white person wearing blackface you know there's still black people Mm -hmm. um so i think that already um kind of masks the the problem with it in general but i think in general we have we have very much suppressed the results of colonialism and slavery um, in relationship, in the relationship, in a very toxic relationship that the islands have with the Netherlands. I think it's something yeah. that we're not ready to confront, to confront how we continue to be oppressed, how we continue to live the results and the consequences of colonialism, how um, all of, how so many of the issues on the island stem from that time and how the Netherlands refuses to mm-hmm. take accountability for it. And I think people are just not, not ready to to confront that because black Pete is just one of the various signs of that oppression of that, those consequences of colonialism and, and, and slavery um, that people are just not ready to have that conversation. And I understand it. You know, I think it's, it's a very angry, it's it's a it's a very conflicting controversial situation to put yourself in because at the end of the day we still rely on the netherlands and and i think people are just scared to to go into that confrontation or maybe they just don't want to um but i when it comes to what could we do to eliminate that to make people see it i feel like the younger generations do see it i feel like once people come to the netherlands and they see it they can't really unsee that it's racist and they bring it back home but, for sure. um, yeah, but at the same time, you know, I can't speak for, for local people. I, as, as, as a Dominican daughter of Dominican immigrants, um, I, I never had that so, so deeply in my culture, you know, it was always a side thing that I would celebrate at schools and things like that, but that's the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And uh as well, like you as you said, like a lot of the problems that we have, we have like a we have a big relationship with the Netherlands. And but as well, like, you know, there's already um like a bad relationship. Well, not necessarily like a bad relationship, but a complex relationship among the islands as well. Like uh, for example, Aruba, Bonad, and Curacao, we all have there's like differences, and I feel like um at least growing up on the island, like um whether it's like differences like we we kind of antagonize each other about the difference mm-hmm. like you know in language or how people behave all of these things as well they're very problematic and like you no know, we could have like a whole conversation about this but we the relationship of this all 
it kind of evolves and it kind of encompasses like you know how deeply white supremacy is like rooted in both in all these three aspects of these islands which is yeah. very sad but it is yeah exactly there's also so much colorism in our islands you know as you were saying that they you, you know would mm-hmm. mock the dark-skinned kids and be like yeah you look like black pete those kind of things there's so much internalized racism amongst our own islands that sometimes we're just not not ready to have these conversations but i do believe that once the netherlands once and for all acknowledges that this is a racist tradition and stops that that will positively influence how the islands view it as well because mm-hmm. that it, it, for mm-hmm. years for hundreds of years we assume that what is correct is what comes from the netherlands those are you know they refer to them to the netherlands as you know the mother country you know what i mean and and i think that mm-hmm. would be that would be a very important first step because a lot of the internalized racism and even the white supremacy that we have as black people you know where we still put everything white superior everything western everything european everything dutch superior than our own that will also dim once the Netherlands acknowledges it and they actively work towards removing this from their systems, from the very oppressive systems that are even in place in our islands, in our very, very black islands. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, then what would you guys say, like, you know, um, for starting point, like, you know, having these kind of conversations, how, how should we do this? Like, how can we better improve this? That's a hard one. I mean, I, I started at first kind of giving everyone the benefit of the doubt and explaining it, you know, giving them the historical context and showing them images of 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 these things and, and kind of talking about, you know, mixing the theory with also the emotion in it and how it makes people of color feel and how it makes little black kids feel and things like that and hope that that would spark something. But the only time I would actually get somewhere is with someone that was willing to listen, like Pim said, you know, like those are the only people that you can actually get through. If you're trying to have these conversations with someone that it's just it just wants you to prove that they're not racist for having black Pete, you're not going to get anywhere you know so in that sense personally i have the moment that you show me that i will tell you i find it racist and i will stop the conversation right there i'm not going to put myself in that position for you for for nothing really because you're not you're that's that's the attitude that you that you came in with um there's nothing really is going to change um but i do applaud um organizations like kick out to to beat that really raise the awareness of, of, and demand for change, um, in this regard, because United that's, I feel like that's the only way that we stand the chance where we unite, not mm-hmm. as black versus white, but as people that see the problem and people that yeah. don't, um, that's the only way that we're gonna, that we're gonna get somewhere is, but it's through that unity. And it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's a long path and there are a lot of, barriers in the way but slowly you know there are people that i would talk to three years ago that were like i don't really have an opinion or i don't really think it's racist that now can really see it and and are actively advocating against it so slowly but steadily and with organizations like kick out sort of beats and by having these conversations one at a time i think we're getting somewhere for sure. And I think like one important thing that Tim said is that, you know, people have like a yeah. willful ignorance and because they're not confronted with these things. So 
I was thinking like one of the things that could be done, like, because for, for all of us, like, um, this was not a topic that was introduced, like, um, in high school or elementary school, all, all of these things, like the Netherlands as well, they need to be held accountable for their, you know, for their history. Exactly. They need to yeah. tell it like it is like, um, and I feel like that's an important aspect that needs to be had. And which brings us like, you know, to the next topics, like, you know, the importance of including this conversation in higher education. Yeah, like higher education as well, but it all should start, you know, from the beginning years of school. Yeah. For example, like I didn't learn about colonialism or um, like I, um, I didn't even get like the full perspective of it when I was be when it was being taught to me. So that's already where the problem is starting. That's already where where the first um, step should um, be taken in these um, like in the history lessons, not only from like a Western perspective. You know, uh, yeah, that's that's literally all all I've been taught in high yeah, school. Yeah, I agree with you as well. You know, like yeah. I, I have a lot of conversations with my Dutch friends, and it's it's shameful how little they know about the Dutch's dark history. You know, with colonialism, yeah. with slavery, and all of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's very very little. Like they just kind of like go over the surface, and then it's like, oops, let's skip to the golden era. You know, that time was fun. Yeah. Let's not talk True. about yeah. these things. And and that I feel like that also has a, a very big influence, not only of, of their knowledge of that time and what happened, so that they can connect those dots when they see a black peach, but also their empathy towards people of color this assumption yes. that we're all here because we want to mm-hmm. steal our jobs and and just that entire like yeah. gap of how we ended up how black people ended up in the american continent and what role did the netherlands play what is the relationship the netherlands has with the islands how how has colonialism influenced both parties what has the netherlands gained from colonialism and what have other countries lost from it and that having that in that in mind helps people be more accountable um for i mean they didn't do it but neither did we and we're still living the consequences so you can you can also be accountable for it Mm -hmm. um not in the sense of like you know walking around apologizing to every black person for slavery but acknowledging (laughs) 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 acknowledging your privilege and and seeing what are ways that i can that i benefit from the system and how can i change it and if you don't know that history if you feel like it's just like this, all of this is very random, then you're you're never going to connect those dots. Yeah. yeah. And like one very big important thing that I also find is um, like schools, I should like high schools, they should also be able to teach um, this one in the context of how it is still present in these days, like how the history, um, how it like affected today, mm-hmm. basically, because I couldn't comprehend history back then, you know, um, it was mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, um, slavery happened. But you know, I exactly. back then I couldn't comprehend how it still had an impact today. And that's something that's that's I think I feel that should be like a core of history lessons. How um, you know stuff happened back then, how it had an how it still has an influence today. And if if they did that, um, I feel like people would comprehend these issues way better than than they do now. One hundred percent agree because. Um, people have like this kind of mindset that oh if slavery was just 400 yes. years ago like oh, there's God, no yeah. impl- i'm like i'm like no like up, up yeah. in the 60s 17 80s all of these things we still 
um, people of color, black people, they still have problems. We still have a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you know, different renamed. And, um, so they need to like teach it on further because I remember like, you know, coming to the Netherlands, like we, uh, in high school, we learn about your history. We learn about like, you know, all the world wars and how mm-hmm. these things were impacted. But then when I come here, I realize you know, you guys don't have like a, indication about like you know our own history or how you kind of what relation there yeah. is to mm-hmm. to the islands that's you know true, how that true, started yeah. and then you have people asking you like you know um do you go to school via <laughs> boat or something which is yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100% true like you know do, do you, you have live houses in do like, you have the <laughs> And I feel like the people that I've spoken to, like when it comes to like the Dutch islands, for example, um, they just see it like as a, as the, I feel like there's some sort of pride, even like um, being proud to, um, you know, to have like have, have a vacation address from like part of the Dutch um, kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They they know more about that, you know, about like, you know going there for vacation, and you know, oh, it's pretty cool, you know, they have to have these islands in our kingdom, but they fill out on like the complete history and the colonialism aspect. <laughs> exactly, and which yeah. is very but very. But I think also with higher education, the they also have a responsibility for it. I think if you, it, it's a lot more subtle, you know, and that's that's when it becomes a little bit trickier because it's things like always having all of your um sources and all of your theories and what is the word i'm looking for um um, crap what's the word i'm looking for um i guess i'm going to stick to sources Oh, I, I guess I'm going to stick to sources. No, not anymore. Anyways, um, I think when it comes to higher education, having all of your sources be Western, I feel like it creates this idea. It, it cements this thought that the opinions and the knowledge um, of yeah. non-Western people are not as valued, are not as important, or are not as good as those western ones and that that slowly indoctrinates us and i think that it creates a lot more understanding it creates a lot more willingness to listen a lot more respect if we acknowledge that not everything comes everything good or everything um that can be used for for our learning has to come from the west i feel like that could already have such a big influence such a big impact if we have more authors, more uh, researchers um, from non-Western places, that people yeah. start to become more comfortable with listening to the thoughts and the opinions of non-Western people. So that when we tell them this is a racist tradition, people are more willing to listen. And it, it's a very subtle thing. And it's and it's something that doesn't present itself as explicit as in high school, just not teaching history at all. But I do feel that being, you know, now in my fourth year, I don't think I've, I've ever interacted with someone who genuinely is willing to listen to non-Western people, who genuinely believes in, in, in the, the capacity and the knowledge of non-Western theories and non-Western researchers and things like that. I totally agree on that, um, especially because... Um... You know, I also don't remember having one author or one school book that didn't come that didn't um came from like a 
another like another perspective than American or European. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, because um, like one thing that we didn't mention is that all of us are from IC and we have this co- course called Intercultural Competences. And uh, the most that they do with um, trying to broaden the perspective is that they would add like some uh, like Asian theories, but even that is right. like barely minimum. Like, you know, like it's just like a sprinkle, but nobody, it doesn't go into details like of, of like, why is this important or how is this relevant? So it's just like a, it almost feels as if like, it's just there to be there to kind of add a point of diversification. Yeah. Instead yeah. Of Very tokenistic. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I 100% agree with you guys in that aspect, like, you know, diversifying the education standpoint on like the theories that we learn in higher education. Exactly. I feel like it would be a completely different environment for me, especially around you know, November when center class conversations start bloom, 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 popping everywhere. <laughs> if if the people around me were more comfortable hearing the opinions and hearing the thoughts of non-Western people. And that applies to myself. You know, it's something that I unfortunately have never gotten. Every single history book, every single theory, every single source that that I have been taught with throughout my entire academic career very, very little amount of those have not been Western. Um, so we're just not comfortable listening to listening to non-Western people. So we just then when they when they tell us that this is not OK, that this is something racist, that this is not in um, an inclusive tradition, people are not willing to listen. Yeah. For but sure. this goes even beyond education, I feel like, you know, when you look at all the media out there, those mm-hmm. are also, you know, it's the West. It's also all from the West. We don't have any um, media here in um, in Europe, like um, what is it called, like um, mainstream media that is mm-hmm. not from the West or from mm-hmm. America or Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely need to because, like, it's like a it's like a point of privilege as well. Like, you know, you're kind of forcing this like one ideology, like this is the best thing that we have, and every mm-hmm. other culture or country they need to adhere to this otherwise it's wrong and that's exactly. very it's very problematic and it kind of like you know bridges like you know there, there shouldn't be any differences or there is no differences that the it's either the west or not at all exactly Precisely. yeah we're just we find ourselves in, in in courses like as you mentioned Walfana intercultural competences and it's just basically here see the rest of the world through a western lens Mm-hmm. And it's like, why give me, if you're going to teach me about this culture, give me theories from that culture, from someone who is from there, from a researcher from there. Why do I need to learn about the rest of the world through the Western lens? Precisely. Because even like, and even when they try to do these things, like trying to give you a little bit more perspective from outside their world, it's based on stereotypes. Like, um, mm-hmm. you have a lot of times where we learn yeah, about off state and all of these things, but they're based on stereotypes of what they perceive from the Western perspective on other people or on other cultures. And that's also like not the correct way to do it. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Yes. So ongoing, like, I think for sure, like we need to be able to um, have more of these conversation um, and learn about like the, not only the history about Blackfeet, but how these things have impacted, like, you know, not only the Netherlands, but also in the Caribbean as well, because I feel like this, that's like a, that's a step that people often tend to forget. 
And um, yeah, having more of these conversations, having organization like, you know, K-Pops they do help immensely. And I think, as you said, Genesis, like slowly but surely, we're trying to have like a more, like, you know, better understanding and people are becoming a bit more open, maybe not at the speed that we would want them to be, but it's still happening. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Yes? Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add? Like, uh, in terms of this no it was all very refreshing to have this conversation and and to i guess speak on this even though we can't really come to these concrete solutions i think it's important to have these conversations and to yeah. try to understand how how can we get to a more inclusive place and how can we eradicate this racist tradition yes a hundred percent what about for you, Pim? Anything else you want to add? No, for me, it's also been like very refreshing to hear the um, like the experience from the Dutch islands, from Aruba and Bonaire to hear um, more about um, you guys' experiences with them, um, Sinterklaas and Black Pete. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, we learned like that we have like certain commonalities in these aspects, like although albeit it be from different countries but um there were certain things that we do similar and all of these things so yeah like to just like as a recap i would suppose i want to state that it is important to speak out educate and no longer let like you know racism be part of like you know center class tradition and that conversations need to be had and we should educate like you know our the masses about that there is no excuse for hate or having like you know blackface in the celebration that is deemed for children because it's like it's really not necessary right Mm -hmm. yeah so not at all Yes. So I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the first episode of Skadai Talks. We hope that you enjoyed it. And if you liked the episode and want to leave us feedback or want to be part of the conversation, please don't hesitate to contact us. And again, as a reminder, this was part one of the conversation of Sinterklaas and Blackfeet. Tune in next time for part two, where we will have a special guest and their take, take on this topic and their activism in this to stay informed on the next episode, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, you know, with Ask Kadai Kroningen. And once again, thank you for being part of this journey. Have a lovely day, week, or whenever you're listening to this. And we'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Woo.